All right, hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to session six of Star Trek Drake, a Star Trek Adventures actual play as run by yours truly, ELH. I only have a quick few announcements to uh, start things off. The first is, I'm going to get this out of the way early, tonight's going to be silly. Tonight's going to be a literal tone shift from sort of the depressing dark that we had the last two weeks. So just go in knowing that things are going to be very punny and very silly. So if you hate that kind of thing, I, I guess I'll catch you next video or something. Um, but anyways, the other announcement I have is that starting this Friday, assuming that, you know, no tech issues or scheduling problems, um, I will be doing a new Friday Star Trek Adventure stream uh, called Star Trek Wolf Rae. And that is going to be a Protostar class first responder vehicle. And uh, you might recognize the captain on that series because he's playing uh, Doctor in this one. So that will be exciting. Hey, at but, least this episode isn't a holodeck episode. So. Well, uh, I don't want to say anything. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for announcements. Uh, let's go around and get all the players to introduce themselves, and uh, we'll get started with this uh, sideshow, as it were. So yeah, Peter, what you got? Hey, everybody. I'm Peter, or Petrus Aquinas, around the interwebs. Um, I play Captain Thalen, the Zindi commanding officer of the Drake. You're a spy? I'm your spy. I play our ship's chief engineer, A.C. Chaplin. Sunbay? Um, Jeff, also known as Sunbay in the Discord and other places on the uh, internet, and I'm playing Commander Tucker Cole, the human exo. And last but not least, we have Dr. Nemesis. Hey everybody, I'm uh, Randy, also known as Dr. Nemesis. I'm playing the Chief Medical Officer of the USS Drake, Dr. Early Langerhausen. Very nice. And I believe that as we see the Drake flying at warp speed towards an unknown destination, Commander Cole has the opening log, so feel free to take it away. Exo's log, Stardate 0609.5. Uh, the Drake is en route to a black hole in Sector 18, where we are to investigate a strange repeating pattern of X-rays emanating from the black hole. Hopefully something more peaceful than our last mission. Speaking of which, follow up to the actions of uh, Tango 4 in our encounter with the Collective and the Huevos Destructives. Joe, who we rescued, has been transferred over to the Daystrom Institute, where they're trying to work to construct some form of body for him where he can live out some, some type of life more than he had there. Well, no one on the away mission has received a formal reprimand. Star Trek Command has concern that the entire culture was essentially lost. It appears our actions are moving the Federation leaders to make General Order Number 1 into some sort of prime directive, something with teeth. We tried everything we could, but... End log. Um, computer, start report to Rear Admiral Claudia Green. Admiral, I appreciate your support concerning the Drake's activities with the Collective. Concerning Captain Thalen, I admit I continue to be surprised. It's not at all what I ex expected from a Zindi. I mean, just 40 years ago, we were in a battle for our very existence with them. And now, now one of them is commanding a Starfleet vessel. But so far, he hasn't appeared to be what we feared. He, he appears to be the opposite, in fact. A little bumbling now and then, and he has, he's really tried hard to integrate himself with the crew learning our culture and customs. 
I mean, did I tell you about the Cluxter Gumbo cooking disaster? We are still cleaning the smell out of the air filters. I'll continue to monitor him, but if I didn't know he was Zindi, I feel I could really get to like him. His command decisions have been spot on. Have the other monitors of the other Zindi in Starfleet seen similar things? Computer, in report, deliver with monitor encryption protocols. Also remind me to send a note to uh, Aunt Amanda at the end of shift. Thanks. Very nice. So, as I said, we see that the Drake is flying along at warp, and all of you are currently on the bridge at your usual duty stations. You're about five minutes out from the black hole, which is sending out that repeating signal. And really the only reason you're checking this out is because, well, small backup so I can do this in character, uh, Zijin, your science officer, kind of turns and says, uh, well, sirs, um, I've been running the signal through the universal translator, and I haven't been able to get a coherent message out of it, but I can at least confirm that it's artificial in nature. It's not the usual emissions that we'd expect to see from a black hole. Interesting. So, I've always wondered about this. Maybe you can help me out. They say you get nearer to a black hole and you move through time at a different rate than people far away from it, right? So if I send off a signal, let's say my signal was SOS, you know, dit, 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 dot, 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 dit, 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 right? Mm -hmm. would, the, would the just, would the dots and dits be way far apart for people away from where uh, they're hearing it? Or they'd be like way close together or would they be the same frequency as I'm hearing them? Or how I actually think, I actually think they come in backwards. They come in reverse order. No way. Uh, check it out. Well, I mean, it's a palindromic response or a signal, so I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell if it was backwards. But that's just an example. I mean, I could have said S O T, except I don't know Morse code. If Zijin had a face, she would be face palming, but she just kind of tilts her head to the side and goes, um, I mean, getting near a black hole at a certain point does have time dilation effects, but no, uh, it, it doesn't quite work that way. Um, you, If you used like the black hole to slingshot, it would work. That, Maybe we'll tell you about it later. It would take far too long to explain right now. Fair enough, fair enough. Balin is kind of sitting grinning in his chair as he is also a scientist. <laughs> so now, do we know any civilizations that communicate through x-rays as opposed to, what do we use, radios? Uh, we well, use some radio subspace communication. Mm -hmm. I don't believe there's any races that we are aware of that communicate using x-rays. Hmm. None that are none that are immediately coming to mind. Yeah, well, I mean, nobody wants to make friends with somebody who's got DNA should be using x-rays to communicate. So, are these x-ray messages like our messages moving faster than the speed of light? Or are they just moving at normal x-ray speed of light speed? Well, that's the other interesting thing, sir. Uh, they are technically moving at three times C, which is odd. How is that possible? I'm hoping once we get there, we'll find out, sir. Maybe some kind of subspace relay like we use? Potentially. I, mean, I don't know how they work, but I mean... I mean, it's the same basic principle. If they're using subspace to send x-rays through, it should theoretically work the same as our normal radio transmissions. Yeah. 
Well, well, if this turns out to be first contact, we're going to be very careful and mind our P's and Q's. We just about got our hides tanned after the last one of these. Yeah, we don't really want that to happen again. With that not so ominous word said, uh, we see the Drake drop out of warp and in the foreground or the background, I forget which it is, but we see this smallish black hole. It's maybe about the size of um, Sun to Jupiter in orbit. So it's, it's small for a black hole anyway. But what really matters is that you see the accretion disk or the, I forget how you say it properly, but you see that sort yep. of swirling gas around that unnerving to look at sphere that is just inky void that absorbs all light literally um, but as uh, Zaijin runs a view scan she says um sirs there's a vessel out there that's near the event horizon but not in any danger of falling in um, I'll, I'll put it up on the main screen and Zaijin taps a few buttons and you all look at the view screen and what you see is almost like a turtle shell. Uh, you see kind of a top dome that is translucent. And you think you see greenery inside, trees, bushes. It's hard to make out from this distance, but there's definitely some greenery in there. Um, and underneath the dome, there's kind of a floating support structure, almost like you might expect from an actual space station. Um, but really what matters is that this ship structure, whatever it is, um, it is larger than current Earth's Earth space dock. And Earth space dock is big. So this thing is like two, three kilos in length or diameter, I should say. Oof. I will be a monkey's uncle. That looks like a whole rainforest in a dome. I can't. Sensors aren't penetrating the dome, but I could concur with the visual analysis that, yes, it looks like there's a forest in there. Captain, I didn't mean any offense about Monkey's Uncle. It's an old Sam where I come from. Oh, don't don't worry about it, Doctor. Um, are, have the uh, X-ray transmissions changed in frequency or anything now that we're closer? Actually, sir, yes. Now that you mention it, they're directed towards us, and the Universal Translator is confirming that we are receiving a hail. Put it through. Okay. So, appearing on screen is an interesting individual, and I'm going to do my best to describe it, but if you need clarification, let me know. So, they are humanoid in nature. They have at least two arms, two legs, and a head, but then things get weird their head <laughs> their head is more like an almond shape or like a teardrop shape and it is a mixture of blacks and purples and dark grays and almost like a a, a biblical angel like eyes are kind of set into it at different locations kind of almost unnerving in a way uh based on their layout um, but the eyes aren't like traditional human eyes or traditional Star Trek eyes anyway. Um, they are just sort of spheres of what appear to be moving gases, so kind of bright yellows and oranges. Um, coming off of the head uh, are what appear to be four small feathered wings, almost like head wings that you might see on like a harpy. 
And speaking of harpies, uh, you see that its legs do not end in feet or boots or anything. They actually end in talons of some sort. Yeah. Um, Goodness. But despite the fact that it doesn't appear to have a mouth, um, you do hear this individual speak to you. Well, hello there. Uh, my name is uh, Gian Calmer, and uh, what, what what brought you to uh, the Garden of Chocolate? I'm gonna look over mm. Axel for a second. Um, we detected a transmission, and we're curious. Ah, I see. I see. Then you must have gotten my transmission about seeking help. Uh, we weren't actually able to translate it at a distance. Um, but if you're in need of assistance, we would be more than willing to provide it. Well, uh, do you have anybody uh, stationed aboard your vessel that is uh, sufficiently skilled in uh, tachyon arrays and x-ray coordinators? I'm going to look at AC. Not necessarily my cup of tea, but it's something I could take a look at, I suppose. Is that a ra- out of character? Is that a rational response? Oh, yeah. Very good, very good. Well, um, I guess I'll send you docking coordinates. Um, your vessel's small enough that I think we can get you in docking bay A, actually. Um, feel free to. Uh, let your crew aboard if you'd so like. Um, I will meet you at the airlock. Excellent. May I? Wait, we got his name. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, also put it in chat in uh, in Forge so that you uh, you have it for you. Is it a hanger or a docking? Maybe like a docking clamp. Oh no, this is a hanger. I stare at Ensign Ricky, <laughs> burning the back of his head. <laughs> well it's funny you say that because after the transmission cuts off and the GM looks at the threat or the complication the chat's already given him Ensign Ricky looks at the controls looks back at all of you and says do do you want me to I I can I have the coordinates here I sent a text message to the captain do you want me to fly us in done plenty of simulator training. You're a Starfleet officer, Ensign. Hey, Ensign, um, Commander Chatham hasn't had a, a bit of uh, piloting time for for a bit. I think that we should give him a chance to uh, use that uh, academy training, make sure it's still up to, up to snuff. Okay, sir. And yeah, AC... If you roll complications, I'm going to laugh my ass off, but we'll see. Yes. Um, yeah, just Captain's a standard momentum generator. Uh, if you want to give me just a control and a con, difficulty of one. While he's doing that early, he'll look over at the captain and go, now correct me if I'm wrong, does that mean that we've already discovered the Garden of Eden and now the Garden of Chocolate in the Drake? So let's see. In a Garden of Marshmallows and a Garden of Graham Crackers. Fantastic. Well, with three successes on AC, yeah. With the coordinates provided, you actually get closer and closer to the black hole, and it almost feels like you're about to fall into it. But, you know, you're at a reasonably safe distance, all things considered, as you 
swoop into the underside of this large garden structure, vehicle, whatever it is. And based on the coordinates, you actually do enter into a hangar um, that is very similar to what you would find on our space dock. So kind of that big sort of empty area where a gangplank or an umbilical comes out to meet your airlock. And after a few moments and there's a slight rocking, you can report that you have docked successfully. Thrusters to station keeping, sir. Excellent. Sigen, confirm atmospheric pressure and composition. Class M, sir, should be breathable. All right. Well, I suppose we should go meet um, our... Um, not guest, because he's not coming aboard the ship, but... The, the candy man. The sure. I, is that something... Is that an Earth mythology reference, or...? No, it's a fellow says you candy, like chocolate. Oh. You know, who can make the sunrise? Spring is that a song from Old Earth? And that it is a song. Bet a guy runs a candy shop. Thalen leans down and pushes some buttons on his command chair. Do they not have can candy on your planet? We had candy, but I suppose it wasn't as... Um, popular or celebrated as it seems to be on on old earth well now that we've gotten you some gumbo we're gonna have to have like a star trek or a starfleet drake uh, halloween night we'll go from cabin to cabin trick-or-treating i have heard of this holiday i would be interested to see how it how we would practice it on a starship we'll figure it out i leave it in your capable hands doctor So mostly for bookkeeping, uh, the four are you going to go as yourselves? Or are you going to take supporting characters just so I have in mind who's where? You know, I think there's probably more reason for Ensign Ricky to go than uh, for the doctor. So I think I might uh, bring the Ensign. All right. In that case, we have Captain Thalen, Lieutenant Commander AC, Commander Cole, and Ensign Ricky. You go to the airlock, you cycle through, and what you see on the other side waiting for you is... Well, the uh, individual who identified himself as Jian, um, I said it a little bit weird earlier, but it's Jian. Um, Jian is larger than you. And I don't mean that just like he's seven feet or eight feet. No, he's about 10, 11, 11 feet. Definitely pushing three meters almost. And you have to all look up at him. Oh. Says Ensign Ricky. Greetings, Jeon. I am Thalen, Captain of the Drake of the United Federation of Planets. Well, it is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. You are a bit smaller than I was expecting, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, our, our view screen doesn't really communicate size particularly well, so... And Jian uh, kind of looks at each of you as if waiting for you to introduce yourselves. Nice black hole you've got here. It's Commander it's Cole. Quite nice. Sorry, sir. Commander Cole. Yuck, so. Commander Cole. Okay. AC Stratham, Chief Engineer. Ah, yes. You'll have to help me with uh, the X-ray coordinators because apparently, if uh, you're the first ones here, 
And actually, Jian kind of looks a little bit critically at the human members, which I think is all of you. Um, well, well, I guess not Captain Except, Thalen. Yeah. Um, looks at everybody but Captain Thalen quizzically and then like snaps his like talon fingers to go, you're humans. Yeah, I remember seeding Earth. Yeah, I remember. Well, it's been many millennia since <laughs> I've run into your kind. Hi, I'm Ricky. I drive the ship. Ah, uh, yes, Ensign Ricky, I'll remember that. What did you do to Earth? Uh, perhaps it would be best if I showed you. And Jian uh, yes. kind of turns and motions down the gangplank, which I should mention is, now that you're here, sized to accommodate species of his height. <laughs> so it's almost like walking down a... Uh, like a gothic cathedral where, you know, there's just, like, space everywhere around you, and it's it's almost a little unnerving. Are we having to run to catch up with him since his strides are going to be so insanely much longer than ours? I think what happens is, is he starts with a normal gait, then realizes, like, you're having to run to keep up with him, and he deliberately slows down that so you can walk and talk. Very polite. But yeah. So as you're walking, uh, he kind of keeps almost his head tilted to the side so that he can kind of keep an eye on you. Well, one of many eyes. And he says, well, uh, Ensign Ricky, what I mean by seeding is, uh, let me ask this. Uh, you ever wondered why every species that you might have encountered up to this point has a word for chocolate that's very similar to one another? N no. Do, do they? Is that true? Well, based on the Zindi language and comparing it to your Earth standard, yes, I would say so. We always have this translating machine turned on, so when anybody says their word for chocolate, I just hear my word for chocolate. Also, yes, we don't talk about chocolate a lot on our ship. It just doesn't come up very much. Mm -hmm. Do you sure? Are you sure you don't mean like dilithium or no, hydrogen I, or I, chocolate I, too? Chocolate, yeah. Like it's a it's a dessert. A dessert, a confectionery, um, a drink, if you wish to do it that way. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like chocolate. So, wait, so that means you made... What? Huh? What does that have to do with Earth? <laughs> I was getting to that. Oh, okay, sorry. So, my species, the Chocolade, and I'm going to put it in chat so that you can see I'm not just messing with you. Uh, the Chocolade are, I guess you would call it uh, gardeners, in a sense. Uh, we take it upon ourselves to spread the joy and the fun that is chocolate to developing worlds. And uh, for you in particular, Ensign Ricky, and then nods to Commander Cole and Lieutenant Commander AC, for you three, uh, on Earth, I recall sending down a seed pod mm, roughly, I think in your calendar it would be 1500 BC. You invented chocolate. Oh, no, I didn't invent it. Uh, I merely planted a few seeds that were genetically modified to work with Earth's biosphere. Like Johnny Appleseed. I have no yes. idea who that is. He's the guy that planted all the apples on Earth. Well, he's not real, and you apparently are, but it's the same, I think, idea? Maybe. Wh why did you do that? 
Well, think of all the benefits that chocolate offers. Yeah. I, yeah. It is very nice. Um, wow. Huh. And at this, Jian uh, kind of just chuckles a little bit, which actually kind of sounds like uh, a chorus of angels when he laughs. So it's a little, a little unnerving still, but you know, you maybe get over it or don't in a few moments. And <laughs> you eventually arrive uh, at the airlock on the actual part of the station. And Jian uh, kind of turns to all of you proper and says, all right, well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everything in between, I'd like you to do something for me. I'd like you to hold your breath, make a wish, count to three, then come with me. And the door thematically opens behind him. And what you see on the other side is that greenery area you were seeing on the view screen before. But it's not just trees. There are literally multiple rainforests in here. And it would only take a simple glance or a quick tricorder scan to confirm that every single tree in here bears cocoa fruit or cocoa beans. And the other bits of shrubbery, the bushes, the um, small rivers that are flowing through, all of it would read just like a Willy Wonka chocolate factory. They are all candy in some way. Is this a giant chocolate forest with candy rivers when you look at it too? It's either that or an overly polluted river. But based on what we're seeing on the tricorders, it's all chocolate. Don't take don't take anything. I'm kinda scared. Can I see is... in with my tricorder readings, can I hmm. see if all of the chocolate beans are like the same or if like there's uh, minute it, differences like are there different versions that could be seeded on different planets that yeah certainly go ahead at. and uh, give me a either an insight or a reason plus science here uh, difficulty of one. Oh, and I just got another threat very nice oh. <laughs> are the trees sized to Jean or the human size that was the other detail I probably should have mentioned is they actually vary. So you kind of have four quadrants of the rainforest. So there's four main quadrants. Um, one of them is kind of like earth size where it's like nine, 10 feet, maybe 20 feet, depends on you know how far they get on the Ivory Coast. Then you have ones that look like almost feral trees that are kind of spiky and maybe are meant for more of a hostile environment. Um, then you have something that's Gian size where, um, you know, it's 30, 40 plus feet, you know, tall just to get up to the beans. Um, and then the fourth quadrant, you have what appear to be more like bushes than actual trees. But yeah, uh, with two successes on Captain Thalen, uh, you get a momentum back. I'm going to say that, yeah, um, you are seeing that each tree has been tailored for its own environment. So those spiky trees I mentioned meant for the Klingon homeworld of Kronos. Um, that tree over there looks like it's actually rated for Vulcan, though you don't recall Vulcan having any chocolate 
trees or cocoa trees. So or maybe, barely even any plants, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you're maybe just sensing a discrepancy there. But the more you scan, the more you come to realize that, yeah, that's the Tellarite chocolate tree. That's that's the Endorian chocolate tree. You know, you are you are literally seeing the proof to the words of Jian at this moment. Now, is the Endorian chocolate white chocolate? Yes, of Ooh. course it is. Hear <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. So we, uh, based on my readings here, uh, Commander, the, these are exactly what he says they are. Chocolate, chocolate species that can go to any planet. Are these, are these native to your planet? Well, that's sort of why the uh, Chocolat are gardeners now. We um, we lost our planet many, many, many millennia ago, and uh, we simply oh, carry on its legacy by spreading the chocolate. Very sorry but to hear that. There are more of your gardens in the in the in the galaxies. I believe I'm the only one in this galaxy. The others went to well other galaxies. So chocolate's not only not from Earth, but it's also not from the Milky Way? That would wow. be a succinct summary, yes. That is so weird. Chocolate People... has literally crossed interstellar space, intergalactic space, to be here. Well, I wonder how have... many other things aren't from Earth that are on Earth. I had an ex-girlfriend, I swear it wasn't from Earth. I mean, just food? There's so many possibilities. So Gian well, kind of well, There's one you. thing called Haggis that I heard of that I'm pretty sure isn't native to Earth. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that one is. Yeah, I'm unfortunately, oh, I'm fairly certain we can claim that much oh, okay. to our... Uh, yeah. Interesting. Only humans would think of that. I was hearing mixed, mixed reports. So Jian uh, kind of laughs at your discussion and says, well, I'm happy to answer any questions you might have, but so long as you promise not to damage any of the trees or the bushes or anything that you see in the uh, forest here in the garden, you are free to move about. Your crew is allowed to come for shore leave if you so wish. And then he looks at uh, AC and says, so, um trying to think how to say this in words you might understand um do you have a form of replicator some batter energy conversion that you can generate food or atmosphere with yeah i, I out of character i'm trying to remember if we had replicator technology we don't have replicators at this point so we have food synthesizers yes and we have transporters which are i think we're still working on that though the theory exists for us to do that. Um, we use it more as more for transportation at this point. Ah, I see. I see. Well, I'm sure you'll do fine. I'm quite sure that a chief engineer of your caliber will uh, do quite well. Um, let me summon uh, one of my drones and uh, they'll escort you to what needs doing. And Gian uh, snaps his fingers and someone in chat beat me to the punch. A literal um, bunny, like a bunny that is the size of almost um, a toddler. So it's a big bunny. Um, a bunny hops out, and you realize that it has antlers too. So it's actually technically a jackalope. 
but a jackalope pops out and uh, Jian motions at it and says, this is uh, one of my many garden tenders that uh, helps tend the garden with me. Um, this one is named, uh, and he kind of stares, I forget its name, but you can just call it a Boomfa Doofa. It's like a moose rabbit. Boomfa Doofa. Does that mean that rabbits and mooses also aren't from Earth? I can't speak to that. Uh, I'm sure there's there's many rabbit-like things. Or moose. Well, I don't know what a moose is, but maybe there's many moose-like things. There is a there is a lot of genetic similarity, Ensign, throughout the galaxy. All right, Boomfa Doofa. Do you know where I need to go? Little rabbit kind of twitches its nose, and uh, it turns around and hops a few feet, and then turns back to see if you're following it. I think I'm chasing the rabbit, sir. Are we all, all right? Go? go for go forth, Commander. So we're going to follow AC here as you chase after the rabbit. Anson, would you care to come along? Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Remember, don't touch anything that you don't have to, and definitely don't break anything. Yes, sir. You can count on me. To do. I look at the I look at the EXO as as Richie turns away, and then I will follow the rabbit. And Rip Ricky, with a stupefied look on his face, continues following you, just sort of open mouthedly gaping at everything. So we'll Seriously. follow you guys first before we go back to Thalen and Cole. Um, so AC and Ricky, um, the Boomfa Doofa, leads you to what conventionally actually looks like some form of a terraforming machine where it's regulating the atmosphere, tweaking it just so that it maintains a certain amount of humidity, a certain temperature, things of that nature. Um, but even without a role required, um, AC, you recognize that there's a problem in that every every about minute 30 seconds the machine cycles meaning that it goes all the way off and then cycles all the way back on so it's almost like um an air conditioner uh in the mid of su- middle of summer where it's just struggling to keep up at this point and the Boomfadufa kind of leads you to this tower which is not quite in the middle of the entire dome but it's pretty close to the middle and it kind of motions with its head and its ears at the machine and then backs away slowly to give you room to work. I will assess the machine. Okay. Go ahead and give me a uh, insight or reason plus engineering difficulty of two. I'm going to help. All right. You may assist with your own insight or engineering and we'll see what happens. I shall choose reason. Is this a power system or a computer? Um... Or is it so foreign that... I would say, if you had uh, atmospheric condensers, I might have given you that. Or if you had anything related to life support. No, I'm I'm an engines guy. But I spent a momentum for an extra die, so that's fine. I also have a complication from chat that's going to happen no matter what you roll, so let's see what happens. Lovely. Well, if you want to smash this machine into the side of an asteroid, I've got excellent news for you. Yes, apparently Ricky's mere presence 
Oh, no. That's ruined my ability to roll. Yeah, that's a complication and a failure. Oh, was it a Yeah. It's difficulty of two. So here's what's going to happen. You pull out your tricorder. You start scanning. And then uh, almost like a wave or just a sloosh of chocolate drips down from overhead onto your tricorder. And you look up to see where the hell it came from. And looming overhead uh, in one of the branches of the trees is a gigantic vulture that looks like a cross between like a bald eagle and a fox. And it's just kind of looking down at you with keen eyes. And it's it's like its head is like twitching as it tries to get a good look at you. Um, so your tricorder's covered in chocolate. That's complication I was going to say, I, I jump back and drop the tricorder. Okay. Well, it's now on the ground covered in chocolate, but it is there. Right. Um, the other complication is going to be uh, Ensign Ricky in your zeal to be assisting in this matter. Um, you maybe bump into the uh, atmospheric condenser, the uh, life support system you're here to fix, and you knock the tower over. And what I should say is that this isn't like a two, three meter tower. This is like a five, six meter tower. So it falls and crashes to the ground with a loud clunk. I run after it uh, like I could catch it, even though it's ten times my size. And I would say that Commander Cole and uh, Captain Thalen, you hear a muffled thump of something in the distance from where you are at this moment. He did something. I know it, Captain. He did something. Uh, are Captain there more Thalen of you? To Commander Chatham. Chatham here. Dare I ask what just happened? There's a bird monster. <laughs> yeah. Um, need to work with the team on. Uh, restraint in the field when exploring new technology and also uh, perhaps a little physical training obstacle courses perhaps I can take care of that Um, not a problem I let me let me see where we are here and I'll reach back out sir all right do you need me to send any more engineering staff science staff let me see what let me see what I can arrange here, sir, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll reach back out. All right, let me know. Thailing out. So, Boomfa Dufa, are there more of you, and do you help lift things? So it doesn't reply in verbal manner, but mm-hmm. it does kind of twitch its nose, and coming from the forest around you, like five or six more of these giant jackalopes kind of hop out. Can we help you write that tower? And, uh, yeah, they actually start going over to the tower and trying to, like, use their heads and their paws to, like, lift it up. Um, so if you want to help the Boopfadoofas put the tower back up, um, you can roll me a fitness and engineering here. Um, I am going to set the difficulty to three. So you probably, as much as you do not like Ricky I'm not in the moment. Yeah. Well, part of me uh, thinks that... Um, observing how it goes together might be a better use of my time while Ricky cleans my tricorder. Mm. 
Mm, yeah. Right. Ricky will definitely try to assist the jackalopes. Right. Uh, Ensign, please oh, no. uh, look to my tricorder. I need it functional so we can complete this. So we can complete this job. Please clean it as much as you can. Uh, oh, okay. Um, Ensign Ricky, I have a very important question. How do you clean the tricorder? I was about to say, uh, absent having any sort of gear whatsoever that could help with that, I think I will just wipe it on my uniform. <laughs> just... <laughs> uh, I assume the lowest possible setting on my phaser is still too much to melt chocolate. Like, um, Ricky would totally try that. He would, though. A... Yeah, he totally yeah. would. Yeah, I mean, the f- yeah. Okay, <laughs> so I will... Uh, I Let's will use see. the very lowest setting on my phaser and just kind of hold the tricorder over the beam. Like, so, how the hell do I want to adjudicate this? Um, give me a control security difficulty of two. I'm sure my uh, my focus of emergency medicine will soon come into play, but not right now. <laughs> Hey, there you go. Actually, oh, two successes. Oh, yeah, wow. Did you look at that? Yeah. Ricky did not fail. So, yeah, actually, <laughs> it. I mean, it's not how AC or anyone else would have done it. But, yeah, actually using the phaser like that at the very lowest setting, the liquid chocolate begins to solidify and harden. And then it just kind of flakes off and leaves the tricorder sparkling clean. Here you are, sir. Thank you, Ensign. Okay, have they managed sure. to put it together? Um, they have put it back upright at this point. Now, it's listing to the side a little bit, but it at least appears it's not in any danger of immediately falling back over. All right. Let us begin again. I'm going to use the not-so-screwed-up tricorder and attempt to start this over. Okay. So give me one more roll, and then we'll cut back to the other two. Uh, again, it's going to be either an insider or reason plus engineering. The difficulty is still two here. Yeah, oh, still help. spending one. Also, yes, as Lone Squiff says, the tricorder does smell delicious. All right, there we go. that is uh, three successes. You means get a momentum back, and yeah. Um, Obviously, you know, as we've said, AC isn't a terraforming guy, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it would have been covered in Starfleet Academy and in the engineering track. So, yeah, um, it looks a little more advanced than the terraforming process, say, on Mars or mm-hmm. any of the worlds on the frontier. But the principle, the main principle is the same. You just got to replace that component there. You've got to rerun some cabling there, maybe redo how the conduit is you know, laid out. You think you can do this? All right. I think we've got this one functioning a little better than it was before. Thank you, Ensign. Is this not the only one, sir? And the Uh, Boomfadoofas come up, and they motion at the next atmospheric tower in line. This will be fun. You look down the line, and just in your reign, you know, because it starts to curve as it gets closer Mm -hmm. to the center of the, uh, the dome, you see to either side of you about 32 different towers you're probably going to have to work on. <laughs> All right. Watch carefully. Let me... Do you have a notepad? I can record notes in my track order, sir. I'm going to do this next one very slowly. 
You will take notes and record me. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lieutenant Commander. So we will proceed to the next one. Hmm. And repeat I am, the process. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm making a manual, a, a step-by-step guide to trying to, to doing the basics on these things so that maybe I can send some junior engineers or no, I'm not sending Ricky, man. What was I, what was I about to say? <laughs> to aid in this, they need the, the, you know, after, after the gumbo incident, they need a little short leave themselves. Yeah. A little light work wouldn't hurt anybody. Yeah. Okay. Sending Ricky to repair your critical systems is an act of war technically, but I don't know. So that happens. You you start to that. Let's go back to Commander Cole and Captain Thalen. So I mean, at this point, Gian is just kind of hanging around. You know, he he could leave if you wanted him to go, but otherwise, he's just kind of hanging around with you guys. You're also muted, somebody, as is tradition. It it, it had to happen. Mm. I'm watching it so closely. Um, I need to get the captain aside from Jean. Sure, easy enough to do. Um. Sir, are you buying this? Buying what, Commander? Um, it's got to be the security in me, but a race that seeded chocolate on all the major civilizations in the galaxy. Not just this galaxy, but multiple galaxies, apparently. It does... Um, stretch the imagination a bit but it's not outside of some of the realms of possibility that we've seen on some of our voyages where there's there's many theories as to why there's so many uh, I believe um, you call them humanoid uh, the translator yep. translates humanoid races. Uh, so it's possible, but it is, it definitely is a little strange. Maybe we should, uh, maybe we can ask him a little bit more about it. And he was are very, you, are he you was very particular about not breaking anything. Mm. And so I'm a little bit nervous about letting crew running around on their own. That is a good point. I will defer to your security judgment. Um, if if it does, if after we ask some questions, if it does get to a point where you think it is safe, uh, I wouldn't mind giving the crew a little bit of shore leave. Um, um, this I'm place right. is quite the uh, quite the fantastical yeah. environment. And just the smell is. Oh yes. I believe many of the crew would be, uh, we might have to, uh, I believe the, the phrase is pull them kicking and screaming back to the ship. I, I agree. Which is another problem, but. Well, yes. We do have a break for that. That is true. Most... It wouldn't hold. We right. wouldn't um, use it, I don't think, but. But I. All right. It's just that itch at the back of your neck where just something doesn't sit right. 
Well, if there's an itch, then we'd best investigate. Well, let's ask uh, Jean some questions then, see if there's a little bit more we can learn about his um, culture and where they came from. Agreed. Interested in what took them out. Yeah. Oh, there's Ricky. Uh, all right, so I will, I, I assume both of us walk back to yeah. Jayon. Jayon, mm -hmm. um, if you wouldn't mind, um, I have some questions about, well, your history, really. Um, well, I'm happy to accommodate an answer. What do you have? Excellent. Um, where did your race originate? Um, I know that we kind of ancillarily pointed out that it was not this galaxy. Uh, oh, no, did, no. We, we were from this galaxy. Um, oh, you're from this galaxy. Oh, okay. I would say... Well, how do you how do you break up the 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 galaxy these days? Is there a common quadrant system or? Yeah, and I pull up my tricorder and kind of. Pull, I mean, it's really tiny for him, obviously, but. Right. I mean, you still show him, and that's what matters. And he kind of you know bends down and looks at it and goes, "Okay, yeah. Um, based on what I'm seeing on this, you called it a tricorder. Um, yes. Yeah, we would have originated in the very far reaches of the gamma quadrant." Hmm. Well, we have never managed to send any exploration ships there yet. So. Well, and, there's a saying where I come from and among my people that much like chocolate, the inquisitive mind will find a way. I'm sure we will at some point. It may take hundreds of years, but I'm sure we'll get there. Hmm. So the far reaches of the Gamma Quadrant. Interesting. Well, what? destroyed your your home world it was a supernova was my understanding um i am many many generations removed from the original people who used to live on my home world but i believe it would have been about the same time as humans no not humans what was that species that came before you and you can see that like he's thinking of the right word and he says there was a there was a dinosaur species that left your homeworld many many years ago. Left the homeworld. Look at Cole. I, the dinosaurs had space travel. No, no, yeah, no. Dinosaurs, but they weren't sentient. Well, we're just looking at at fossil records, bones and whatnot. No, no signs of language organized cultures or Spaceships. anything along the lines maybe maybe i'm misremembering but we're talking on the order of hundreds of millions of years ago was when my planet met its fate uh, so after that when the gardens separated is when you started seeding the rest of the the planets that is correct well Thank you. Yeah. For the gift of chocolate. You're quite welcome. Because in many cultures on Earth, it is, it is a highly treasured item. That it was Why one of the primary you? plants that we made sure to take from Zindus before uh, that planet became uninhabitable. 
So we grow it in greenhouses on Azadi Prime and any of our other colonies. And is being near a black hole where you have to be to adequately grow for the trees or oh, i was wondering if any of you were going to ask yes actually we use the natural emissions of the black hole the x-ray emissions to regulate the atmospheric condensers and the other life support systems for the garden if i were to borrow your tricorder for a moment i probably could chart you a course of all the black holes i've visited during my tenure sure and it's one of those things where, you know, it's comically sized when he takes it in his hand and, like, starts poking at it very gingerly. And maybe after about two, three minutes, he hands it back. And, yeah, like, you have just a line that goes all throughout the galaxy. It's not just gamma, delta. It's delta, gamma, alpha, beta. This person, Gian, has been, if this is correct, he's been all over the galaxy. You are... Um exceptionally well-traveled. Well, that happens when you uh, are functionally immortal. Gotta find something to do with your time. Functionally immortal? Well, yes. Uh, My species matures, but then does not age like humans or Zindi do. Fascinating. Is this... Is this a... uh... Is this something that, well, I don't know if you would know this, but is this something that you're, you're, that this was a artificial evolution or is this something that, that just happened? Not quite sure. I've never really looked into it that much, but I do know that our birth rate has always been very low. It makes sense if you had a nearly immortal lifespan or actually immortal lifespan. That's what an old chocolate diet will do to you. Yeah. <laughs> Your Ensign Ricky has come back, and uh, he appears to be covered in chocolate. And we see Ensign Ricky coming back again with his uniform just covered in chocolate that he wiped off the tricorder. I, it's it's Ricky. You may not recognize me because of the shirt. Uh, Ensign, why are you covered in chocolate? We had to clean up a mess sir define mess uh the lieutenant commander's tricorder became milk chocolate coated okay so i i um used this no i i stunned it with my phaser what or, I mean, I used my phasers on stun on the chocolate. Well, I've heard that chocolate is stunning, but chalk it up to experience. That's the first time I've heard such a thing. Yeah. Another use for a phaser I hadn't thought of. But... I, I did not do it with hostile intent, Mr. Calmer. Sir. Trust me, one of the uh, boomfa doofas would have told me if something was amiss. Yes, several more of them came to help us. At first, what? we had Boomfa Doomfa one, but then we had Boomfa Doomfa two. 
and three and four. Oh my! I, I hope everything's all right. And as as they, we say that, we cut they back put the tower to back. Uh, we cut back to Lieutenant Commander AC. At this point, AC, um, obviously, since Ricky's back with the others, you've had a time to make like this is how mm. you fix this tower, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so your engineering teams are like branching out and going tower by tower. Um, my question, though, is do you continue to work yourself or do you move more into like a supervisory position? I'm probably going to go back to, you know, I'm probably going to go back to the rest of the party. That's okay. So you leave your engineering team to their own devices. Um, the, and on, with instructions to call me if they break something. Of course. Of and, course. They're, and they're in teams, right? Yes. Two per. I mean, the okay. captain called us earlier, so we know our comm links work here, at least at short range. So that's good. So a boofa doofa does lead you back to the others, but you do notice on the way back as you kind of are looking up. Um, tell me honestly, is uh, is AC a chocolate man? It was it was always an extreme luxury, so not really because I mean he grew up on you know stations in the early days, so. Mm -hmm. Chocolate was something he might have like once a year. Okay. Would you say that he's tempted at all by chocolate? At this point, he's not going to touch or eat or anything having to do with this place. It's still a little bit creepy. Okay. So then also on your way back, I'm going to ask the exact same of the other three. Uh, Captain Thalen, Commander Cole, Ensign Ricky. Do I any of you uh, feel tempted by the chocolate at this juncture? The captain is for sure curious. Hey, okay. little Starfleet boy, you want some candy? Vincent um, <laughs> Ricky, absolutely, he cannot resist himself. He's like, what if, uh, what if alien chocolate tastes like ten times better than Earth chocolate? Like, what if our chocolate has become um, att attenuated time. over time? You know, 15,000 years is a long time. Maybe, we, maybe we've grown it wrong now, and it's like we have some weedy, crappy chocolate. I mean, Genetic drift. It is, it's imperfect. <laughs> Hershey's is different than Cadbury's, which is different than... Yeah. What about Commander Cole? Uh, what's he feel about chocolate? He he likes to take it or leave it. It's not a do-or-die type of thing. Okay. But definitely not going to touch it until we know no more. Still have that itch at the back of the neck. Like AC said, something creepy. So, obviously, then noting uh, that Captain Thalen and Ensign Ricky are eyeing the trees, eyeing the chocolate around them with not quite hungry eyes, but with interest. Uh, Gian kind of takes a knee or at least bends down so that he's closer to head level with all of you and says, You know, if you'd like, I could easily give you a sample of the original chocolate and you could compare it to your home worlds. <gasps> Prime the original, chocolate? so the one from your planet. Correct. Like, that would be. I would at least very much like a sample so I can genetically compare them. Oh, of course, yeah. of course. And uh, snaps his fingers, and a boofa doofa comes out with like a small plate in its mouth, and on it is like, uh, like an inch by inch by. So it's a it's a cube. It's an inch cube of chocolate, and there's two of them. It's like the alpha chocolate. Reach wow. down, take it. Sniff it. Milk chocolate, dark chocolate. So that's the thing, is that when you sniff it, 
It smells like the raw cocoa. It's not milk chocolate, but it is like fresh from the stock, literally, um, cocoa. So if you're not familiar with chocolate, and I did far too much chocolate research for this episode, um, (laughs) the actual cocoa is very bitter Mm -hmm. and is very much a, as the Klingons would say, it's a warrior's drink if you have it straight. I think I would like to scan it with my tricorder. Yeah. Yeah. So I just eat mine. Okay. All right. Well, that answers that question. Um, As AC and Thalen, um, as you start to scan the chocolate, Ricky just pops it in his mouth. So we're going to learn a little bit about Ensign Ricky here. Oh, no. so, a lot about Ricky. <laughs> Ensign Ricky. Uh, how, old is, how, are, how old are we saying Ricky is at this point? All right, let me pull up my sheet and make sure there's nothing I'm contradicting. Yeah, there's not a lot going on here. Uh, I mean, it, it, this is his first assignment. We, uh, we've established that. So he's got to be like Starfleet graduate age. So I'm assuming that's like 22 Something like that, yeah. And I mean, he's almost certainly an Earthborn, you know, probably Midwestern North American boy. Like, I'm thinking Kansas, sort of. Okay. Kansas boy. All right. So... Ensign Ricky, when it pops into your mouth and you take a bite, again, it's extremely bitter. Like, it is the darkest dark chocolate you've ever experienced in your life. But you know that one scene in Ratatouille where the critic is having that bite of literal Ratatouille and he experiences a flashback? It's very similar, except it's not just a flashback to one event in your life. It is quite literally every single moment of joy your first love, your first favorite meal, a favorite birthday party. You are on one of the largest nostalgia trips of your life. And you know how some people say that their life flashes before their eyes before they die? You're not dying, but you experience a moment of clarity of, wow, all that's happened in my life. And that lasts for what seems like an eternity, but is only a second. Oh. I am one with all that is joy. It's like when I made the ultimate Frisbee team in high school. Or when I got accepted to the academy. Wow. Ricky's just kind of off on his own little universe. Psychotropic? Continue the scan. Um, Commander, you continue scanning the chocolate and they kind of hand it to him. I'm going to scan the ensign. So AC, give me a, uh, let's call this a reason medicine, and then same thing actually for Thalen on uh, Ensign Ricky. Uh, Both your difficulties are a two. So medicine instead of science? Yeah, I think medicine, well, for okay, yeah, good point. AC, yours should be reason science, and Thalen should be reason medicine. All right. I will spend a momentum because why not? Okay. Uh, let me see. Well, I mean, that is one success for Thalen and two successes for AC. So, what I would say then is AC, as you look at the scans of the chocolate, mm-hmm. it's not psychotropic. It's just. How to say this? I mean, you're not a doctor, doctor. But you're pretty sure that it just seems to have an enzyme that triggers the memory center of a brain. 
and it's not just a human brain, I should make clear. It's any brain. It triggers that memory center. And as for the captain with Ensign Ricky, maybe Ricky's just being weird. <laughs> Sir, there's so, an enzyme. Something normal. <laughs> Sir, I, I don't think Ricky, I don't think this is normal even for him. There's... Are you sure? Some... There's something chemical. There's something chemical here that, if I'm reading this correctly, should trigger a response somewhat similar to this in not just humans but most species. Interesting. Yeah, it's like that time at the academy that that my bunkmate offered me marijuana. I didn't try it, but he said it felt really good. Huh. If I think the phrase is tripping balls. <laughs> oh no, sir. I'm sorry. I just feel very good. I don't think I'm hallucinating or anything. He doesn't Do have any more relaxed. of that chocolate. Um maybe with some peanut butter or something. It's kind of bitter. I think we should probably hold off on that for now, Anson. At least the kind that you're having. That might be Good something now. we could offer to John. Peanut butter. Thank you so much, Mr. Calmer. That was wonderful. Oh, you're welcome. It makes me happy to see you happy. Oh, I'm very happy. I haven't been this happy since before I accidentally to, uh, forgot to fuel the shuttle before I delivered the captain to my first posting. And, and as I imagine everybody just stopping. The yeah, the, the captain just like is like slack jaw staring at you. Like he thought there, that, that, the, that the plasma coolers were like not working. Do we somehow, do, do, do we hear a record scratch from somewhere? Pretty all much. of the engineers from everywhere on the station turn toward us. Pretty much, yeah. I think that's where we're going to take our five to ten minute break. So we'll be back in about five to ten minutes, everybody. Stick around. All right, and welcome back to part two of session six of Star Trek Drake, where we are in Gene Calmer's chocolate factory or chocolate garden or garden of chocolate there's a lot of chocolate going on here um it's bittersweet but we resume with uh maybe a few hours after the whole ricky incident and ricky you know obviously that feeling of elation that feeling of nostalgia it's gone away but you know how much you want to harp on it is dependent on what you want to role play but what i want to highlight is that by now of course with the XOs and the captain's permission, people are starting to come out of the ship and um, enjoy shore leave. And really my question is, what are you for doing in this moment? Or if you want to bring back in Dr. Early, what is Dr. Early doing? It's like, what are your characters doing in this, what is essentially shore leave with this not stay at not rise up? Yeah, I would strongly suspect that uh, the doctor is staying on the ship uh, and using the peace and quiet to enjoy, like, a quiet meal or something. Okay. Uh, but uh, I, I know that Ricky will be, like, trying very hard to encourage the rest of the uh, 
main away team to partake of the Omega chocolate because it is an experience, man. It is. Uh, the captain is definitely going to like wander around a bit, check a few things out. Um, did the captain eat his chocolate? He he did not. Um, he has uh, had it scanned uh, to compare it with um, to compare the genetic drift uh, to the other to the other chocolates. Um, I I would assume also that Ensign Daniel is also on the on the ship. On yep. the he's now wandering around looking for um, historical markers because he's an archaeologist and that's what he does so and Cole's just keeping an eye on the different groups more where everybody had at least one buddy with him Mr. Calmer what was that terrifying bird that attacked us earlier oh that's uh, you don't don't need to worry about him Uh, that's uh, Sukla Sukla yeah, he's. Is, uh, is he like the Boompa Doompas? Does he like work here? No, he's uh, he's my pet. Oh, is he from where you come from? Uh, yes, actually. Said that uh, Sukla's species was one of the first that uh, showed us the chocolate tree, the original chocolate. Hmm. Well, that's I think nice. He's I guess technically, he the last me. of his kind in the galaxy. Now that I think about it. Well, that's very sad. Does he eat chocolate? Some of the pets we keep don't eat chocolate because they can't. Um, he produces chocolate, but not in a pleasant way. He kind of spits it back up. Oh. Ew. Yeah, it's, is, that, it's, is that where the chocolate you gave me came from? Oh, no, 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 no. Yours came from... Um, well, I hesitate to tell you where in this dome, but uh, it came from elsewhere. Oh, okay. Well, so again, though, thank thank you. That was, I really liked that a lot. Can we, can we take some with us when we leave? Unfortunately, that is the only rule I have to impose: is that you can't take any chocolate when you leave. Well, I mean, I guess all the chocolate we've ever had in our entire lives is something you gave us, so. You know. Now, of course, while you're here, you can enjoy it to your heart's content, but let's just say that I once had, I believe you call them Vulcans? I once had Vulcans aboard, and they became very, I believe the expression is, drunk as a skunk when they had the chocolate, and they attempted to accost my chocolate sores, so I learned very quickly to limit uh, what comes and goes. Gee, that doesn't sound like Vulcans. Are you sure it wasn't Romulans? They look a lot alike. I've never heard of Romulans before, but no, I'm I'm pretty sure they're they're Vulcans. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were Vulcans because they first they were like, oh, this is nothing. This is just a confectionery treat, and then they had more and more and more. And then they became very drunk, very belligerent. How long ago were did the Vulcans visit? Oh, I was at a different black hole when they visited. That would have been hundred years ago. Honestly, I've lost track of time. 
understandable. Something to ask uh, the Vulcan Science Director. Yeah, because I don't think there's been any... I mean, just the generic reports I haven't heard. There could be something very deeper down. But then if it's the Vulcan Science Academy, who knows? So how do you travel from black hole to black hole? Well, that's the other thing, is that I don't actually have faster-than-light technology, which means it takes me a while to get from place to place. Ah, and the same for your intergalactic travel? Same, it yes. It takes a very, very long time? Yes, in fact, I'm fairly confident that most of my species that remains is between galaxies at the moment. How would you keep the, um, the plants alive in intergalactic space? Those ships are designed as giant batteries, and they are able to not quite replenish their stores, but they're able to slow trickle the charge. Hmm. Interesting. That must be very boring. So are you all singletons on your ships? There are pairings, but um, I never, never really saw the need for someone else. Oh, forgive me. I wasn't the, the the. Are you the only member of your species aboard this ship? Oh yes, yes indeed. Huh. Maybe we should get some of our candy from the ship and offer it to you, so you can experience our desserts. I'd Maybe be we delighted. have something. Maybe we have something that has earth chocolate in it. Like, I'm um, sure Chef can whip something up if we don't have it prepared. Like a I, moose. or I've never uh, heard of a moose, but I, I love... Well, wait a second. Someone mentioned a moose earlier. Who? who oh, it's it? not not the mammal moose. It's it's spelled differently, I believe. And it's it's a chocolate-based dessert. And it's not the moose you put in your hair. It's like a really light, fluffy moose. How many different things are moose? Well, I learned one more. So now that I, I think know. about it, more than you'd you'd expect, I guess. I wonder if that's another um, import from. I wonder if that's another extraterrestrial import to Earth. The word moose. He taps his communicator and and goes off to the side to tell the chef to prepare some samples of of Earth chocolate dishes with what we've got in the uh, food synthesizers. Yeah. I mean, we definitely got to have like a peanut butter cup. We definitely got to have like a, uh, what are their major, you know, chocolate mousse, chocolate cake. Bars. Yeah. Bars, yeah, chocolate bars. Yeah. You know, the works. Now, uh, while this is happening, um, since now that you know, um, you know, he's, you know, Gion is limiting what's coming and going. You would not be surprised to start hearing from your away teams and from your shore leave people that anytime anyone goes between the airlock of each ship or between the, sh- the station mm-hmm. and the ship, um, there are boomfa doofas there that quote unquote sniff the entire body kind of like a dog's like a dog would. And a couple times somebody has been caught trying to smuggle chocolate or something else off the station. Oh, sir, um, we should. Oh. Yeah, I, I would definitely reach out to my team as soon as that came, as soon as it came across that we're not allowed to take it, to tell them to not do that. We yeah. could also sell any Vulcans on the crew that they shouldn't eat any of the chocolate at all. Apparently, it'll make them psychotic. Or at least, well, that's 
That's oh, where no. I was going with this, because as you do that, Lieutenant Commander AC, you get a very frantic, very out-of-breath uh, engineer calling back, and he says, uh, Yeah, sir, this is uh, Ensign Johnson. You uh, you remember Ensign Vallot, yeah? The, the, the Vulcan that mm-hmm. we work on, on, de- on Gamma Shift? Yes. Um, oh. He, he's had some chocolate, sir, and... Well, um, I don't wish to make a graphic, sir, but he's kind of removed his uniform and is uh, singing... At least I think it's singing. It's hard to tell. Exo, <laughs> I might need your uh, um, assistance here. I'm with you. I will go. I'll stay with... here with you, Captain, to make sure you're not alone. <laughs> Thank you, Ensign. <laughs> All right. So AC and Cole, you rush over to the uh, away team in question, and yeah, when you get there, there is a. Uh, very inebriated Vulcan having a naked time as he kind of dances and sings between the trees, as it were. And it's one of those things where, you know, Ensign Johnson's kind of like, do I, should I shoot him with the phaser, sir? How do we, how do we stop? Can, can you even stun a Vulcan with a phaser? You, you, you can. Let me try something first. What rank is he? Ensign. Uh, he's an Ensign. The, the Vulcan is? Yeah, mm-hmm. lot is an Ensign, yep. So, in a strong command voice, I bellow out, Ensign, stop. Romeo, presence command, difficulty of two. Um, negotiation diplomacy? Sure. Give it to you as focus. That was... You said presence command? Yep. Already had it queued up. And... How much? Yeah, you can't stun him. He's all hopped up on Tobora. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and use one of those momentum for a third die. And well done, Chad. I award you all the points. Congrats, that Chad. Well done. Okay. Well, oh. I mean, that is uh, five successes, so you get three momentum back. So, oh, and then Revan's friend comes in right with the complication. So, Velot does stop. But the complication is he's like between trees as, you know, he's swinging on a vine. So he comes to a stop and then plummets about 10 feet onto his face. And you now have a bigger medical emergency on your hand. Let's get a medic out. So jazz him to Drake. Ricky will try to run over as he is, in fact, a trained medic. I was no. say, is uh, is, is the AC? captain alone? I was to say, you got to say you were staying with the captain last I knew. Uh, uh, early actually trained uh, Ricky because he was trying to keep get him to do useful things. So, well, right, but wasn't he staying with the captain? He was staying with the captain, so he would have to go out. To, um, AC would reach out to the ship. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, I guess the question is, do you want to bring out Dr. Early to come treat the injury, or do AC and Cole want to just have some nurse come out? Early could have Early signal Ricky. Yeah, I could have Early signal Ricky, because he's the nearest like medical personnel. Okay, that's how we'll resolve this uh, slight confusion. That's how we'll resolve it. Um, so yeah, Ensign Ricky, you come rushing over. Uh, go ahead and give me a control in medicine difficulty of one, and uh, don't roll a complication. Oh my goodness. He's dead. <laughs> it's worse than that, Jim. Uh, I spent one of the uh, one of the momentums, and I, my focus of emergency medicine, I, I assume, applies. Yeah, it does indeed. 
All right, well, there's the one Holy success you needed. Wow, that was a garbage roll. Yeah, it was not great. Yeah, you got the that's... one you needed. So, yeah, um, Ensign Ricky, you actually learned pretty well from Dr. Early. Um, the Vulcan has broken his neck, so you set it and you immobilize him. Um, and Ricky just narrates as he's going, he's like, clear airway. Verify pupils. Check vital signs. Immobilize neck. Uh. But yeah, it's one of those things where, with time and recovery, um, you're able, you're going to be able to get Vital back on his feet. But what you realize, Ensign Ricky, and whether you share this with the others, I leave to your discretion. Vlad is in the middle of Ponfar right now. Now he was not scheduled for Ponfar for at least another six years. So do with that information what you will. Whoa, he's, um, oh man, I used to know this. I, I get this question wrong on two different exams at the Academy. He's got, uh, um, freaks, s- 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 seasonal Vulcan horniness. It's, um, it's on far, far, and he's not, ah. due for, he, he's not due for that for some time. Well, his calendar is wrong, sir. Uh, I will, with, the assistance of someone, I need to carry him back to the Drake because his neck is broken. Hey, do the transporters work? Oh, we could do that, yeah. I'm sorry. Jasmine Drake. Yeah, and you, you set up a transport and Ricky and the uh, the patient beam away for a moment. Ricky can come back uh, in a few minutes, but... Uh, Ricky didn't have chocolate in his well i was actually gonna say i was actually gonna say we need to oh no no i mean he was told not to take it he's not gonna smuggle it. i would flag down one of the i would flag down one of the uh boomfa doofas and and tell them what we're going to do so that we don't uh you know cause another you know intergalactic incident right like destroying a whole civilization you know, the Boomfa Doomfas don't really stop you or anything, but they do kind of tilt their heads quizzically. As, uh, well, I, I want them to sniff him since he's going to go away. Oh, yeah, they definitely do that. They do that, but then they kind of look at you quizzically because they've never seen a transporter before. So when uh, Ricky and Velot kind of beam away, they kind of go, ooh, kind of wide-eyed jackalope bunny things. We were ghosts all along. Mm-hmm. And I give um, Dr. Early a call. This is Dr. Early. Hey, Doc, you got a um, Vulcan inbound, uh, broken neck. He hurt himself while he was swinging from tree to tree. And then he uh, stopped. He, apparently, this chocolate gets Vulcans extremely intoxicated. And apparently, he is now in Pond Far. And according hell. to AC, he wasn't scheduled for that for another couple years at least. Uh, pull up his medical file. Uh, just under six years. Yep, yep, yep. So, well, question is, is, does this accelerate it? Does it reset his, something looked forward in the future, does it reset his Ponfar clock? Is it just temporary? I'll let you know what I find, sir. But uh, we'll sedate him if we need to. I mean, he's got a broken neck. He probably don't need to be trying to speed date. Yeah, if he's in Ponfar, I don't know how that'll react with that, but yeah, keep, keep me posted on this condition. Maybe you ought to take it easy with the chocolate over there. Uh, Just swinging tree yeah. to tree. Naked. You know. At least topless. I, right. I, I think we're going to have to restrict Vulcan's ship, sir. Yeah. Huh. 
All right, to the captain. All right, sick bay out. And I walk back over to the captain and, sir, I think we need to, based on this, AC had a good idea, we need to restrict Vulcans to the ship. All right. If apparently it accelerates pond far. Yeah, that's the last thing we need right now is our complement of Vulcans to all undergo pond far at the same time. I like so there's what? Twenty-four of them on the ship? I think that's about right. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. At least it's an even number. Yeah. Uh, Ricky, we need... Never mind. I oh. will uh, communicate her over with the ship. Like Captain to Drake personnel. Um, all Vulcans, would you please remain on the ship? Um, apparently the environment is not particularly advantageous to your health. There's no really pushback on that. You know, they're Vulcans. They're very logical. So they're just like, okay, sir. Yes, yes, sir. That's very logical, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of empty um, calories on this ship. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what I'm curious is when... Um, a runner, or maybe it's Ricky again, um, when the runner with the food, the chocolate from Earth, um, comes back, um, how do you present it to Jian, if at all? Or do you just go, here, here's a, here's a plate of stuff? I don't know. I think we should, like, discuss what each thing is, you know? Be like, you know, this is a thing that originates from Switzerland. This is a, a famous dish in... Uh... Uh, the chef send a pad with you famous I was going to say, or or have we discussed, or have we have we discovered Ricky's true hobby? <laughs> that he is, is a sous chef, tremendous yeah. chocolate expert in particular, chocolate chocolatier or chocolater, whatever, whatever that. I have is. this. I have this file on my tricorder from the uh, from the mess hall about the, the different kinds of chocolate dishes that I was given. Captain, would you would you like to present them to our host, or should I? I we could take turns, I guess. We'll we'll alternate. How's that answer? Yes, sir. Aye, sir. Alright, so I grab the first one, which I uh, just say it's a chocolate cake. Okay. I suppose. Good this, choice, sir. Hold it up. <laughs> this Gian is a uh, is chocolate cake. It's a fairly common dessert in at least the northern hemisphere of earth various various ways to prepare it um, but this is one of the more common ways with some frosting on the outside and some decoration Jian uh, doesn't quite like use the utensil provided but he just kind of very cautiously picks the entire slice of cake up because to him it's tiny and yeah. he brings it to where you think the mouth would be but nothing opens up in his face. In fact, the, the slice of cake just sort of is hovering next to his face, such as it is. And then you blink and the cake slice is gone. Like, where did it go? It's just not there anymore. And he actually kind of goes, hmm. It's um, very sweet. Very, very sweet. And I, 
detect a certain acid. Uh, interesting. I, w I wouldn't have thought to prepare chocolate that way. No. Yes, I, w I would say it's a rather sweet dessert. We, the humans do enjoy putting um, sugar with their chocolate. Mm. Yeah. Um, for, for example, this next dish is a peanut butter cup. It is a chocolate-coated um, uh, cream that is derived from the oil of a legume. A bean. And again, takes, you know, the Reese's cup, basically, and again, hovers it next to where her mouth would be, and then you blink, and again, it's gone. And he goes, that's, um, you know, I don't much care for it, but I can see how some people might. How is he doing that? He's making the food just disappear. I'm just staring at it, trying to see if I can catch exactly when it disappears. I don't want to so, ask, because it would be rude. Let me ask AC as well. AC, are you watching this affair intently? I am attempting to, yes. Okay. So, Commander Cole, you're going to roll me a Insight and Con. AC, you're going to roll me a Insight and Engineering. You can decide who is assisting whom, but the difficulty on this is a four. Uh, do we care this much? I'm a 7-3. I'm an 8-5. I'll assist. Um, yeah, I don't have anything that would really... Me either. Go for a... <laughs> transporter technology? Actually would apply here, yes. I don't have it, but... Yeah, that, 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 that's what I'm thinking. It was either that or nano machines, one of the two. Yeah. But I'd definitely use the momentum. Cat's telling us At to least use all of the momentum yeah. to learn everything. <laughs> yeah. I will use all of the momentum Acquiring to roll two extra dice, know. yes. All right. It's going to be funny when you roll complications, but carry oh, on. Oh, boy. Every dice. Yeah. <laughs> Those tend to happen. Actually, there hey. you go. Okay, so five successes. You actually get a momentum back. So, yeah, um, Commander Cole and AC, as you're you know staring and looking at it from different angles... What you realize is that there is not quite a transport beam, but you are, at least based on your scans mm -hmm. and what you're seeing, you are more or less coming to the conclusion that some form of matter breakdown is occurring here that is similar to a transporter, but if you want to metagame it for a moment, it's very similar to how a replicator desynthesizes mm -hmm. things in TNG era. But again, you know, you're 2195. You've never seen that kind mm -hmm. of thing before, so do it. It looks like a transporter. Yeah. Ow. Do you think that that means that from his point of view, when I uh, when I evac'd that Falcon back to sickbay, that he thinks the ship ate me? I mean, kind of did. If you think about it. Huh. Hmm. That is a weird way to think about it. And I haven't had any of the chocolate. And that is really an interesting thing to be for an organic creature to do. So next on the menu, we have uh, chocolate, uh, hot chocolate, hot cocoa. It's a beverage served very warm. I've 
Not had a hot beverage in a while. I look forward to this. Uh, I extend to him a, I guess, coffee cup full of hot cocoa with some marshmallows in it. Maybe a bowl? In retrospect, sir, a bowl would have been a very good idea. Yeah. I forgot to communicate to the mess hall that our host is his proportions. <laughs> that would explain a lot. So, long story short, you guys lead him through a number of different chocolates. And he ca- he likes some. He doesn't care for, for others. But usually the bitter stuff is what he goes for. Like, he's a purist, as it were. Um... And here's but, a sack of unsweetened baker's chocolate. Yeah, like, well, he loves that. Like, he's like, oh, this is, this is pretty good. Um, but ultimately what this all leads to is by the time you finish, um, there is not a parade of Boomfa Doofas, but there is a procession that comes up, and uh, they get Jian's uh, attention, and he kind of bends down and puts his ear to, like, their twitching noses, and he says... Oh my, we're chocolate for something. Um, I hate to be a sour host, but uh, how long were you planning on staying? There wasn't a specific timetable, I don't believe. Well, um... But Choco let down. We'll have to Choco leave. <laughs> the, um... If I understand the current readouts, um, by the way, uh, Lieutenant Commander AC, I wanted to thank you for repairing uh, the X-ray coordinators and the atmospheric condensers. I want to thank you for that. Um, my boomfadoofas tell me we need to get moving within a few days. So if you wish to wrap up affairs by then. Oh, certainly. Where, where would you be headed, if I may ask? I believe, if I remember your tricorder earlier, I'm headed for Cygnus 1, another black hole. Hmm. Would you be open to any other uh, of our people coming to visit when you arrive? Well, it'll take me quite a number of years, but um, perhaps sometime in 4000, etc., etc., I'd be happy to meet you again. It, it dawns on Thalen how long it is. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Very good. Wow. Well, I need to prepare for the journey ahead. Um, please let the Boomfadoofas know if you need anything. But I do want to, again, thank you for visiting the Garden of Chocolate. And I hope you enjoyed your stay. Oh, so much. So much, Mr. Mr. Calmer. Thank you. Mm. And he does kind of one of those sweeping bows and with the with the hand gesture to go with it. And he not quite raptor runs away, but he very quickly disappears among the trees. How can you be late for something that you're going to go do in 4,000 years? Apparently this they have a very tight schedule to keep. Time has a different meaning when you're eternal. Well, immortal. Yeah. Should we sound the recall, sir? Yeah, maybe give it an hour and then sound recall and make sure that no one brings any any of the chocolate on board. Um, Get all of our readings that we want. Uh, Make sure the science department scans all of the trees. 
especially that Vulcan chocolate, since no one seemed to, uh, since that seemed to be not on Vulcan. Uh, it'd be interesting to pose that to the Vulcan Science Directorate and uh, see what they make of it. Yeah. The Klingon chocolate looks mean. The Klingon chocolate does look a little um, terrifying, but I don't know of a way to confirm whether or not it exists without um, meeting the business end of a batleth. Good call, sir. This has been fun. I'm glad you had an excellent time, Anson. I mean, other than the scary bird monster, but it turns out it was friendly. I just was startled. Mm. Yeah, it's funny you say that because then there's another torrent of chocolate and you're just coated head to toe and you look up and, yeah, Sukla's there. Oh. <laughs> and, yeah, Ricky would have changed shirts before he came back from the ship, so he's in his second chocolate-coated uniform of the day. Seems to like you, Ensign. Or really hate me. Love and hate sometimes hard to tell the difference. You're the only one who gets to take chocolate away, Ricky. Or Ensign. Uh, I'd be curious if they let him on board Drake, now. Drake, want one to beam directly to the shower? They probably so, want to have that boom for smell you first. Mm-hmm. That's my question is, are you going to let the uh, boom for doom do their thing first? I mean, I don't feel like I'm Absolutely. in a position to stop them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So they come over, and there's kind of like a crowd of Boomfa Doofas, and pretty much uh, when they come back, uh, Ricky is clean, but, like, scraps of his uniforms are missing. It looks like, you know, Captain Kirk has just gone into the fabric and started just tearing it apart. Um, But anything that was coated in chocolate has been removed. Tickles. Also, that includes Ricky's hair. He is now bald. (laughs) Bald Ricky. Perfect. No beard, no hair. Mm. Maybe report to the quartermaster and then to sickbay for uh, follicle regeneration. Okay, sir. Thank you. (laughs) So one to beam over. (laughs) Unless any of you want to accomplish anything major while. uh... You have another hour at your disposal. Steal the formula for the everlasting gobstopper. It is something you could do. Give it back. Win the chocolate factory mm. for Starfleet. Yeah. But yeah. Well, moving um, slowly so we can always catch it. You know, yeah, the great sublight elevator. <laughs> <laughs> so, long story short, you know, you get everybody back aboard the ship. Um, as far as you can tell, nothing was smuggled back aboard. And as you're leaving, as the Drake is disconnecting from the station and leaving into the void of space, um, you do get a message back from uh, from Jian. And he says, well, uh, again, I do hope that uh, your journeys are pleasant. I will see you in 4,000 years, or at least your descendants. Yeah. And then he does something very strange and something that at least Zygen starts freaking out about. The Garden of Chocolate begins heading towards the black hole. Oh, well, I guess we can't catch them. We we need to move. 
all that. Is he uh, is he still on the on the screen? Yeah, he's still on. Um, Jan. Uh, yes. You are going directly into the singularity. Oh, you mean the wormhole? Wormhole. Well, that's the word you would call it. I mean, yes, it is a black hole, but without giving away trade secrets, as it were, we can use my species can use the black holes as uh, wormholes. It just takes us a while to pop out the other end. Huh. That may be a technology that our descendants may wish to um, trade you for. I'll make a note of it. Wow. That is an impressive technology, John. Hmm. Garden of chocolate out. And we just sort of see the big turtle shell dome kind of move into the accretion disk of the black hole. And I don't know if any of you care about the hard science, but it almost looks like the vessel freezes uh, when it hits the event horizon. And you could probably spend your entire lifetime staring and it would always look like it's frozen in time. But for all intents and purposes, you're no longer able to get sensor readings from it. You're no longer getting any signals from it. It is a after image, an afterthought of the universe at this point. That's cool. An aftertaste of chocolate, if you will. Mm-hmm. There you go. How are we going to write this up, sir? That is an excellent question. And we will have to probably think about that. It's a lot less weird than the Garden of Eden. Yes. Well... Since we had plenty of food on this particular trip, I I suggest that the senior staff, um, we discuss how this log should be reported to Starfleet, and um, we'll have dinner. Um, My treat. I'll try to make something that everyone will like. Are you cooking, sir? I will try a few hours beforehand to make sure that nothing goes wrong, and if not, I'll have chefs. Um, um, I uh, think engineering needs me <laughs> right now. Uh, I'll, have me, hazmat, I'll have hazmat teams on standby. All right. So as, <laughs> the, uh, as the Drake kind of turns away from the black hole and warps off to parts unknown, that's where we'll end today's session. So, yeah. Like I said, a little bit, little bit more on the silly fun side of things. Um I was debating whether to throw a combat encounter in this one and make it like the Boom Fadufas were going to fight you because you stole something, but none of you stole something. So um, you actually funny. behaved, which surprised me. Because, um, yeah, had had you taken something, they were going to start, like, biting and nipping at you and butting you with their antlers. And I actually had a Boom Fadufa song they were going to sing. I, I had that prepared, but I'll just I'll use that elsewhere. Um, but yeah. I was thinking now. The no, Drake no. season one outtake reel right there. There you go. Yeah, maybe I'll bonus, uh, bonus scenes. Maybe I'll just do a, a recording of it and put it on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's where I'm going to end the recording. So Twitch stick around because we're going to raid somebody. But YouTube, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you later. Bye bye.